What do we do for the cold open? What do we ever do for the cold open? Fair. It's a fair question. Birds, birds, birds. Because I... What? <laughs> the Wicked Read from the Birds of North America. Start naming every bird you know. <laughs> it's like that. Did you... What's that, what was that game that was... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Categories? Concentration. Yeah. Name birds. <laughs> Robin. The rose-ringed parakeet. <laughs> you're not playing the game. Small populations of this Asian and African species. No, you're supposed to name a bird, Claire. You're doing too much. <laughs> parakeet. Seagull. Eagle. I was like, I can't do it on the beat. Sorry. I didn't know if you were doing it. <laughs> Now I you're was. Hello, oh, my fine pairings. I'm Grace. I'm Claire. And this is a podcast about fan fiction and cocktails and the 1920s. Welcome. Woo! Where have you been? Why don't you know this already? <laughs> we don't talk that much about the 1920s, but uh... in fact, we—I I feel like we've <laughs> not talked about any actual like 1920s cocktails uh, yet. Yeah, because yeah, they've all just been in that <laughs> past area i mean they were kind of like they were all prohibition cocktails yes okay so uh remind us our picks from the hat so our picks for this week was so the drink is a tom collins Mm -hmm. and the trope is mutual pining i'm thinking of an arnold palmer what is a tom collins uh, so a Tom collins it's like a is it like a okay is it like a lemonade gin thing Yes, it's um here. Let me pull up an authentic. I've had them and I like them. Yes, this doesn't look like one. No, <laughs> so I think that's what's also throwing me. So a true Tom Collins is um gin, simple syrup, lemon, yeah, and club soda. Okay, okay, I do like these. Yes. So what I have brought you today? Do you want me to tell you the fic first or the drink first? Ooh, okay. Um, I mean, it looks like a cher- like a cherry lime. I don't know if that makes me think of any particular fandom. No, and I will say that you probably won't guess the fandom. So what, I'll Is introduce something I watch. <laughs> uh, no, but you'll understand it. Uh, superheroes? No. Uh, think classic fandoms. Star Trek. Yes. Yay! Yay! <laughs> uh, so yeah, so this is... Uh, so their fandom is Star Trek alternate original series. It's a James T. Kirk and Spock ship. Nice. Okay. So, um, so what that I brought- came up a lot in my research also, so I'm glad I didn't pick any of those. Yes. Uh, so the drink I have brought, I'm calling a Tom, a Tom Cranberry. Uh, oh, oh. So, in, so it is a one and a half ounces gin, a half ounce of simple syrup, one ounce cranberry juice, mm. and then uh, topped with uh, some club soda, which is about two ounces of club soda. Well, that sounds great. And then a twist of lime mm. to kind of balance out the tartness of the of the cranberry. I have always been this is so dumb. I've always been obsessed with that like uh that like cranberry sprite that comes out around the holidays. I think it's <laughs> yes. so good. Then it's you, like red. It's just red. Like I don't remember what flavor. No. It's then you just, might. Like, it's really good. I said then you might really like today's drink. I think I will. And I was uh, like, sounds great. I want a bigger one. This is too small. <laughs> You're right. I guess there isn't a ton of gin in here. It's so it's a pretty it's a pretty a light of drink. There's a good yeah. amount of liquid in it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so cranberry juice is probably good for UTIs, your organs. 
I'm giving you a nice UTI gut prevention. Health. Yeah. <laughs> gut health. Because uh, what I brought you today is a so Star Trek fanfic. Mm. And it is mutual pining between Kirk and Spock. Mm-hmm. And it's around Christmas and Hanukkah. Oh, I was going to say, is there a reason it's cranberry besides you thought I'd like it? <laughs> yeah, no, it's yeah, because it's, it's a Christmas fic, but uh, Spock is Jewish. And so he... Oh. Kirk wants Spock to feel nice on the spaceship and he's like I've noticed you don't really participate in the Christmas party so like is there a reason why and then he's like well my human mother was Jewish and so technically I'm Jewish and so I grew up practicing Hanukkah and uh and Kirk's like well we can do that and so um the tags are uh Christmas Hanukkah fluff mistletoe Cute. Absolute dumbassery, courtesy of James Tiberius Kirk. Uh-huh. Chess as foreplay. <laughs> Traditions, gift giving, Jewish Spock, post-Star Trek into darkness, getting together, first kiss, Vulcan kisses, love confessions, mutual pining. What are Vulcan kisses? Am I going to find out? Probably. Yes, yes okay. you will. Yes. Don't, don't you worry. Don't worry about it. So let's taste the drink. How prominent is chess? Because I've recently not like really gotten into chess, but I've like went on a little bit of a dive into how chess works. You will not need to know any specific moves. Okay. It's not like watching... Um, Queen's Gambit. Uh-huh. I do need to watch that. It's so good. Mm. That's lovely. Mm-hmm. It does... It's probably the gin, like the the herb herbiness of gin yeah, that yep. just reminds me of Christmas. <laughs> yes, it's a it does really feel like a Christmas drink between the, like the cranberry and like the herbiness of the gin. Mm. So it's very refreshing. I have to put this down. Yeah, say so be careful. I will. <laughs> I will just drink it all right now. So our fic is called uh, "Was It Heaven or Outer Space" by Oopsie Daisy, and uh, so she writes things for uh, Marvel, Iron Man, It's Always Sunny, uh, Star Trek. And she technically didn't get back to me uh, in terms of, so I couldn't find out what inspired her. Uh, this was published on Christmas in 2019, but oh, she in, gave you permission, but didn't. Yes, it's a, in her in her profile. It's like she has blanket permission, yes. and so I just didn't hear back on if there was anything specific uh-huh. that she wanted to promote uh, on her profile. It just says make sure that everything is tagged. So of course I will do that. All proper credit will be given. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so she just, uh, I think right now she's in her Tony Stark feels. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, so, Who is it? <laughs> right. We all, we all love a, a brat. We all love a brat. <laughs> anyway, so let us begin. Uh, dive in. Christmas. Christmas on the Enterprise was a slightly somber affair. After three years of traveling together, Jim had become used to the way the high spirits of his crew dwindled the closer they got to the holiday. There were expectations, naturally. Most of the alien crew members didn't give a shit, but nearly every human on board lost some of their morale during the Christmas season. Despite the irrelevance of seasons on a a climate-regulated spaceship light years away from Earth. But this was understandable. A large proportion of the crew was human, and their families would be celebrating back home. The only surprising thing was that Spock seemed equally affected. Jim was beginning to consider himself the galaxy's best Spock reader, and although Spock's work never suffered, he was infuriatingly meticulous, as always, to a fault. There were even minuscule tells that Jim prided himself on picking up. Jim is... Kirk. Okay, because he's James. I, yes. tra- I don't know why that always he goes, yeah, me he, up. he goes by Jim with all of his friends. It's like when people named Robert go by Bob. I'm like, that, mm-hmm. well, that's not your name. Mm-hmm. Or like Bill for William. That No, not that. Yep, I know. I you can't just be changing letters. <laughs> I mean, my grandfather goes by Bud, and his name is Loyal. So, like, see, that's fine. <laughs> you can you're just changing your whole name. You mean like just something that's, completely different? No, you just have a different name. 
It always started just a few days before the ship's annual Christmas lunch and party. Any other time of the year, Spock would occasionally slip up and project signs of happiness. Amused eyebrow slants, twitches at the corner of his mouth, a shimmering warmth in his dark eyes. As soon as the 359th day began to lube, he'd stop teasing Jim during their chess games, would decline offers from the crew to spend off-duty time together, and basically drew up into himself like an emotionally stunted clam. Jim decided to approach the issue like the trained diplomat he was. Do Vulcans even celebrate Christmas? He asked on the bridge where his commander couldn't just walk it out on him. I mean, no, of course not. But do you guys have some sort of midwinter festival? A lot of cultures do. I was confused about how Jewish, like how, how there are ever religions in space. It, because people come from oh. somewhere originally. Solid clink. Yeah. <laughs> Self right, Self right into the mic. <laughs> We're having so many sounds today. Oh, it's fine. I'm sorry. My computer is yelling at us in our headphones, so only we are reacting to it. <laughs> feels like what having a stroke feels like. Yeah. I mean, people have space religions because they came from a Earth. religion of the ground. Yeah. And so, uh, but you, you are right. Like, uh, aliens wouldn't necessarily celebrate Christmas yeah, because that is an uh, earthen holiday. I was going to say, remember, what, Vulcans are aliens, yes? Yes. Okay, so... But Spock is half... Oh, right, 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 right. Yes. Okay. Spock, Spock's father was the ambassador so to Earth. Jewish. And so, which technically you inherit Judaism through your mother. So he is just full Jewish. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> that, so that, that's how it works. It is, you are... Like, I didn't know that. I didn't know that part. <laughs> yes. So that is why he is like a very emotive Vulcan yes. in compared to others. Right. Because he is half human. Yes. So he's a confusing boy to everybody. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do Vulcans even celebrate Christmas? He asked on the bridge where his commander couldn't just walk out on him. I mean, no, of course not. But do you guys have some sort of midwinter festival? A lot of cultures do. I am aware of the universality of the custom, Spock said. However, Vulcans have no such need for celebration. That's a shame, Jim said, taking a sip of his shitty replica coffee. It's always fun to eat too much and give gifts. Spock's mouth tightened. Jim, shut up. As depressed as he seemingly got, Spock never skipped out on his and Jim's weekly chess match. It was a sort of tradition that had never been ratified into an official agreement, but Jim knew that after their morning shift on Sunday, Spock would, without fail, appear at his door with an ornate chess set tucked under his arm. Aww. Spock was the worst loser Jim had ever met, which was only made funnier by the fact that he tried so hard not to show it. Mm. <laughs> no sad eyebrows. No sad No eyebrows. sad pointy eyebrows. Angry eyebrows. Only neutral eyebrows. Only neutral eyebrows. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Crying. It's a really specific joke about Jenna Marbles' eyebrows. I apologize to everybody about my niche humor. <laughs> I'm sorry that Grace had to bring our collective grief into Back this Back into well. this game. Anyway. They didn't keep track of who won the most games, or they weren't supposed to, but Jim had a memory for this sort of thing and knew that Spock was leading 426 games to his 411. Oh, God. Spock was, presumably, also aware of this. That's about half. Come on. <laughs> right. Yeah. But he treated every defeat as though it was his first, being beaten mm. by intellect by a farm boy hick. Yeah. His ears tinged green and his mouth approached pout tower territory and Jim loved it. Oh, Jim's one of those Iowan boys, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. I, I can't remember if... Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's... He's got like a plaque in the yeah, town yeah, yeah, yeah. where yeah. he's supposed to be from. Yes. He's, he's very um, Midwestern stock. Just as Jim was surrounding Spock's bishop, Spock did horrible, clever things with his bishop, and Jim always prioritized getting them off the board. Hmm. Spock said, My mother's heritage was Jewish. I grew up celebrating Hanukkah. Jim was struck with an image of a small Spock playing with a dreidel and had to bike 
bite back on a smile. The smooth skin between Spock's eyebrows was bunched into a frown, a frown too deep for Jim's lazy chest strategy alone to warrant. And your father? We have not celebrated since her death, Spock said. It was his belief that we partook in the custom only for her benefit. You know, my my mom was never big on Christmas. All the other kids would be on about trees and presents and all that stuff. And she'd sit me and Sam down and tell us about the decline of Christianity instead. Fun. (laughs) He shook his head. I thought she was going to be like, ah, you know, eh, it's kind of like really (laughs) uninteresting. No, it's never going to learn about how Jesus is out of everyone's hearts. Correct. He shook his head. She meant well. I'm sure your dad means well. It is, perhaps, too easy for him to dismiss the human half of me. Jim smiled. No offense, but I don't think anyone could forget how human you are. You once told me I feel nothing, Spock said, slipping his bishop out of the clutches of Jim's trap. I didn't know you back then. And I was trying to provoke you. I'd already been inside your head, Jim reminded him, tapping his temple. The mind melted, if you ah. recall. I was too busy thinking about if Vulcans had any holidays, because they're too practical of people. Yes, but and I think sad. they don't. Uh-huh. Other you, I mean. I knew exactly how, min- how much humanity you had in there. And I'm trying to, so I'm trying to remember if, if Spock canonically died in the new telling of Star Trek as well. And I think, yes, I it's that know. in the original series, he died at the end of one of the movies. Mm. And then he like is like reborn, regrown. Well, he's back in the reboots of the movies. <laughs> yeah. It's um uh, the, like in the original series, it's that for whatever you're going to remember the original series more than the new one right now. Yeah, that's and it's that in the original series, he died. They like sent his body like onto this planet and it had all this like regrowth hormone bacteria, nonsense, so whatever. He turned into a weird alien. Yeah. Thing. And it basically like regrew him. And it was weird because then he had, spores. Yeah, yes, pretty much. <laughs> and then it was like funny because uh, then he did have to go through like Vulcan puberty again. And like another ship member Gross. was there and like had to like, I think had sex with him. I don't remember. <laughs> All right. Star Trek's a thing. It's, it's a weird time. Love it. it, it it's, the, it's the OG. We need to do more things every yeah. season. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. So, yes, we're just talking about Spock's humanity. So back in. Other you, I mean, I knew exactly how much humanity you had up in there. He tipped a pawn over and poked at the back of Spock's hand. What do you want? Specify. Jim rolled his eyes. You want Hanukkah. You want Hanukkah? We'll do Hanukkah. You want to completely ignore this time of your significance to you because it's not logical? Go ahead. I'm up for anything. Spock looked speculatively at him and Jim shrugged, snagging Spock's rook. Rook? Rook. There you go. Spock's rook. Rook. With a pawn. Rook. <laughs> I let, the mic is like in half of my vision. And so like it's making my brain not work. That's what I'm going to blame it on. Spock looked speculatively at him and Jim shrugged, uh, snagging Spock's rook with a pawn. He wasn't looking to pressure Spock into some big tawdry celebration or remind him unduly of his dead mother. But Jim saw an opportunity to make Spock happy. He took it. Sue him. What do you want, Jim? Hmm. A year with no near-death experiences would be nice. <laughs> Once again, it is not near death if you die. <laughs> Semantics. Jim you're not said. wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so you're right. It's just a death experience. <laughs> Semantics, Jim said, waving a hand and eyeing. How was your death experience? How was your death experience? Semantics, Jim said, waving a hand and eyeing Spock's exposed king. I don't know, Spock. There's the Christmas party on the 355th. That's always fun. Spock's raised eyebrows said all that needed to be said about his thoughts on that particular statement. 
In fairness, Jim had always been surprised to see Spock show up at all for the Enterprise's Christmas parties, which featured a non-Vulcan-friendly amount of drinking and bad singing. Mm -hmm. Jim was often the first to grab a karaoke microphone, and he would rope Ahura into into a stunning duet of, Ain't no mountain high enough. I was thinking the exact, I was like, Vulcans going to karaoke would be really funny the millisecond before you said that. No, you're right. It's just so, it's so useless. Yeah, say, it's the most useless thing. Yeah, so so Jim and Ahura would go, would sing uh, if she had a few to drink. Spock always kept to the sidelines, looking vaguely disapproving. Do Vulcans ever sing? Spock gave him the look that Jim privately interpreted as the equivalent of eye rolling. Not the way humans do, he said. So the party is not for you, Jim said. We can figure something else out. Hell, I can track down a menorah, and if all you want to do is light the candles, that's cool. Thank you for the offer, Jim. I will consider it. That's nice. Even though he lost the chess game, Jim counted the afternoon as a win. Spock, it turned out, owned a garish holiday sweater. Hmm? I love it, Jim <laughs> said the moment Spock opened the door. Never take it off. Spock's eyebrows are... Why? <laughs> because it's funny, I'm guessing. But he's not, he is not practical. Yeah, it's, uh, it's got a Star of David on it. It's, not, it's a holiday sweater, not a Christmas sweater. Spock's eyebrows arched. The effect was ruined by the obscenely fl- fluffy jumper, which was science blue and had a star of David embroidered on the front. Jim suspected that Amanda had made it herself. Jim's own jumper was similarly awful with filthy animal emblazoned across the background of a reindeer and snowflakes. Oh no, I never got the reference. Is that a diehard reference? No. No, wait, who's filthy animal? It's oh, from God. Home Alone. Keep the chain. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Before yeah. the fake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> No one ever got the reference, but Jim's love of classic movies had prompted him to custom order the thing during his first year at the Academy. Your own choice of garment is, Spock said. Interesting. <laughs> A niche reference that no one will understand. <laughs> ah, as evidence for even here, you were like, where is that from? <laughs> Me and Kirk have that in common, though. <laughs> niche sweaters. <laughs> you and Spock. Spock. Oh, so you do no. love niche sweaters, so you have that in no, common. No, Spock is wearing the Hanukkah one. Yes. And Kirk is wearing the diehard, not diehard one, the Home Alone one. Yes. Yes. That's what, is that not what I said? You said, it's, I think I misinterpreted it because you were like, me and Kirk have a thing for niche sweaters. I also like that a holiday true. sweater. But so yes, you, that is true. Should have worn one. I forgot if this was going to be a holiday episode. <laughs> Next week. There you go. <laughs> Thanks, man. Let's get the show on the road. Spock stepped aside to let Jim into his room, which, is, which was as sparse as Jim remembered. I brought decorations, he said. If you don't mind, I just knew it wasn't going to be festive in here. By all means, Spock said, and Jim unleashed the tinsel. Ten minutes later, Spock's mouth was twitching with an undiscernible emotion as Jim set down the final touch. A golden menorah he had borrowed from a uh, young ensign who was in awe of Spock. The rest of the room was draped in a frankly ridiculous amount of clashing gold and silver tinsel, streamers, and glittery stars of David. I think gold and silver match. I don't care what anyone says i love i love multiple mixing metals hanukkah has uh objectively better colors mm-hmm. blue silver and gold screams holiday red and green could go wrong at any moment it's just a clash of the eyes yes it is you really gotta, it's really in your face about you really got to be specific about it and if you mix those frostings together they just turn like a muddy brown yeah if everything's blue no one's confused right <laughs> You got to give me some pointers on how you used to celebrate, Jim said. I dated a Jewish girl once, but, re- but she refused to let me meet her parents, so I never learned how to do this properly. Oh, no, no one knows how to do Judaism. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> they do it okay, but yes, it's that uh, Kirk's heart is in the right place. But yeah. yes, he's a, he's, a, he's a goofy little baby. Your effort is more than adequate, Spock said quietly. We were never this 
decorative. Our tradition was merely to light a candle for each night of the festival. My mother made latkes, and we exchanged small gifts. Hmm. Oh, cool, Jim said. I got you a gift. Hang on. He dug around in his back pocket and pulled out a small wrapped gift, which Spock regarded like it might poison him. Jim laughed. It's just so it's just Sarkovian tea. Other you told me you liked it, so I tracked down some some on the black market, which hard to do when you're a famous Starfleet captain, even if you are known for bending the rules. This is another reason clones are useful. Yes. <laughs> They're a really perfect surprise. Right? You procured it illegally? Only because we're in the wrong star system to get it anywhere else. If legality is that much of an issue, we can take a detour the, to the Elvorian system. Nah. That will not be necessary, Spock said. His mouth twitched. He likes an illegal Thank tea. you, Jim. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's not illegal everywhere. It's just, it's like, you know, smoking marijuana in not one of the not, kosher states. Oh, which ones is it still illegal besides, I guess here, mostly. Yeah. Like, like 2% illegal still. Kentucky, somewhere it's very illegal. Yeah, like you can't go to Alabama. Yeah. You leave, you leave Colorado and I think all of the surrounding states are like, nah fam. Chill. Bones and Uhura were on the night shift, so the only spectators to the lighting of the first candle were Jim, Sulu, and Chekhov. Scotty turned up, but late, with a bottle of chocolate liqueur that Spock politely... Wait, who's Chekhov? Uh, Chekhov is the... Um, he's like the transportation officer. He I wear, don't know him. Uh, did you see the new Star Trek? I've never watched any Star Trek. I only know about it through like osmosis of other people. Okay. So Sulu, so Sulu is like one of the like uh, commanding officers. He wears a blue coat. Or wait, does he wear blue? Yes, he. I think he's in blue, and he like pilots the ship most of the time. And then Chekhov is like Ukrainian or Russian, and uh, I mean, yes, it's like I guess it's not super important. I do not need to explain to you <laughs> what Chekhov. It was just one of the names that I was like, wait a minute, I don't know that person at all. Yeah, he wears like a yellow shirt. Um, he's uh, he's got like a Russian accent. And he's supposed to be one of the younger, like he's always one of the younger cast members. And uh, okay. he does like a directions or something. Great. It's Good that, for him. Yeah. It's that. It's that they all, it's like a her is the communication. Plane? <laughs> so loud. Why? That was mostly curiosity. I feel like it's not going to make the edit anyway. So. Okay. So wow. ch- yeah. I love, I love when you just edit. But what, what do we call this? It's Live not edit. Like back. It's not like backseat driving. I mean, is it like front seat oh, editing? He's the, he's the little editing. one. Host front host editing. Front host <laughs> editing at the top. I'm giving you verbal time you what cuts. To, what to edit and what to not. And I don't like being told what to do. Grace. There's mostly mostly it was the plane. <laughs> I was like, you know, scrap this whole bit. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> the plane really put it in perspective. <laughs> anyway, where are we? <laughs> yeah, so check out. I'm like, I was good. I saw, I saw his young face, so I, I am back on board. Yes. So it's that Sulu is a, a helmsman, and mm-hmm. uh, Chekhov is the navigator. Gotcha. So I don't know. They're like, you know, the main posse of Star Trek people. Mm. Anyway, it's not important because we're talking about mutual pining between <laughs> Jim and Spock. Literally it's such that I'm, side characters that we don't even need to uh, bring it up. No, it's that I'm a nerd and they're not side characters to me. But no, they're, they're not. In this fic. Side characters in this fic mm-hmm. specifically mm-hmm. and only. We don't Scott, disrespect Scotty is the, the rest en- of the crew. Scotty is the engineer, so he uh, takes care of the engine. Famously, so he's he like, beams people 
we're giving it all she's got to Captain. So he's the one they like are like, Sulu, make it go faster. And he's like, I can't. <laughs> Still, this works. He's like, the engine is going as fast as... And then the engine like explodes and they're like, Scotty, you got to fix it. And as an engineer, I can relate to Scotty. So um, yeah. So anyway, Scotty turned up, but late with a bottle of chocolate liqueur that Spock politely accepted. Aww. Jim doubted he'd ever drink it, but it was still amusing enough prospect to think about a drunk Spock. <laughs> Sulu and Chekhov had pitched together on a rare plant species that made Spock's face light up when they presented to him, hmm. but with a warning not to touch the leaves when they were purple. As he watched the careful way Spock placed his gifts down at his desk, Jim felt a warmth blooming in his chest just at the thought of how their makeshift family was coming together to make something entirely their own. Spock wore traditional Vulcan robes to the Christmas party. Dark, navy, and unfairly flattering. (laughs) They were going to say unflattering. No. (laughs) Should have been funnier. Unfairly flattering. Mm. Bones followed his gaze inside. Bones is the medical officer and makes the sarcastic comments. Great. Bones. Yep. He and Kirk, like, know each other from Earth. And he's always like, why do you keep getting yourself into fucking bullshit? Could you stop? (laughs) And then also he, like, has, like, a very sarcastic relationship with Spock where he's, like, always saying, like. The doctor. (laughs) Yeah, the doctor. Yeah. It's that he kind of like does it like Spock because like Bones being a doctor is like, we got to save everyone. And Spock is not that Spock would ever leave someone behind. But since he's got more of that logical mindset, then like he and Bones well, we clash. have to leave some people behind. Yes. They like clash more on like. No, I get that. I get ideology. That. Kind it's of the uh, not the prisoner's dilemma. One of the other ones. Yeah. The train, anyway. the train tracks dilemma. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bones followed his gaze inside. Your little crush gets any more obvious and we'll be drawing names in hearts territory. Jim sputtered into his mulled wine. I don't. Sorry to eavesdrop, Ahura said from behind him, not sounding particularly sorry, but you really need to make a move before the hard eyes on the bridge at 6 a.m. drive us all to suicide. (laughs) We're talking about Spock, right? And Jim said, that's the one. Your ex, Spock. Uh, Spock and Ahura dated. Uh, (laughs) All right. (laughs) Uh, You say so. Fanfic has told me that Spock is only gay. (laughs) I mean... (laughs) I mean, can, I mean, canonically, I think... In all the Star Trek knowledge that I know, which is only fan fiction, yeah. Spock is gay. And I mean, canonically, like, I think everyone has kind of hooked up. Fair. But, like... Also, this is really reminding me of the other uh, Office Party fic that you brought last year with uh, Supernatural. Oh, <laughs> sure. They're just, yeah, like, yeah. They're, just, they're just looking at each other. Can we <laughs> get this on the road? Let's get the show on the road. Come on. This is what Christmas office parties are for. I know. It's for, for hooking up. For hooking up. Making the two guys that clearly want to pull. I know. Get it together. Your ex, Spock. If you're worrying about his sexuality, don't, Ahura said. I'm more worried that this is all an elaborate plan for you to justify murdering me. Ahura rolled her eyes. You're dumber than I give you credit for, Captain. I want Spock to be happy. I think you'd be more bearable. I think you'd be more bearable if you were in a committed relationship. And if Spock moves into your room, I get a suite. Nice. <laughs> That's a hell of an ulterior motive, Jim muttered, mutter, trying to cover for the way he could feel his mind racing. You're happy. I'm happy. I see no problem with right? this. He didn't think of Spock like that, or he didn't mm. think he thought of Spock like that. Mm-hmm. There was the fact that he would, uh, he would have happily died to keep Spock safe, and the undeniable truth that Spock was hot in an uptight sort of way. And there was also the thing about how he loved him more than anyone else in the known universe. <laughs> right. So that's weird. <laughs> There's this weird thing about how, like, I would die for him, but I would die for all my crewmates, obviously. I just, but also, he's hot in a very specific way that no one else will think is hot but me, and also 
I love him. <laughs> right? But in like a platonic way, right? But like that, oh. I get it's that it's that sound on TikTok that's like, I'm not gay. Would I kiss a girl? Yeah. Would I have sex with one? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Would I kiss Spock? Yeah. Would I have sex with Spock? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not into Spock. That doesn't mean anything. <laughs> doesn't mean like, I like Spock. I don't know. Just stop reading into stuff. You're ridiculous. Me. Stop reading into this me. Right? <laughs> good Lord. You didn't. Oh you really didn't realize. Bones looks like he's trying very hard not to laugh. Two years of homoerotic chess games, and the man doesn't oh, realize. Chess games. They're not homoerotic. <laughs> Bones and her exchanged a deeply patronizing look. <laughs> Well, they're not that homoerotic. <laughs> what does... <laughs> I've seen one of their 400, 800 chess games. Yeah. It was not homoerotic. No. But I'm trying to imagine what that would look like. Right. I guess getting getting really worked up and mad could be homoerotic. Right. Like, ah, oh, I can't believe I lost this chess game to this bitch. <laughs> right. I'd be like, oh, God, I just want to kiss him on the mouth. I'm I so mad. Wanna, <laughs> I just want to throw him up against a wall. I'm so mad. And then, Kiss him. A maybe, bit. maybe just kiss him. <laughs> but because I'm angry, this is from angry kisses. This is angry kisses. Punish him with but a kiss. Yeah. I just want to slap him across the butt. <laughs> I just want to pull his shirt, pull right him, off his chest, just rip it off, and, and then just, just palm his chest <laughs> because I'm angry. I'm so angry about <laughs> So you get it. You get it. It's really not the chest at all at this point. It's just <laughs> rage oh my god that's really funny <laughs> one time i had to leave a room because you two were playing chess in it uhura said i just needed to be anywhere that wasn't watching you two i fuck over the most sexless game in the world that's what i'm saying <laughs> hey golf is the most sexless game in the world no. jim protested and i don't think you're allowed to swear in front of your superior officer Earlier today, you said, fuck me in the ass with a pineapple because Sulu said we're going to take a detour on the way to Fjordmord. <laughs> Jim downed his drink. I know what I said. <laughs> Are you well? Spock asked after Jim had spent half an hour rather unsuccessfully trying to avoid him. Have you been speaking to Ahura? I converse with Neota on occasion. Yes. Jim found himself distracted by how high Spock's cheekbones were. <laughs> They're very high. But at the same time, he realized that he had been distracted by Spock's cheekbones on numerous past occasions. So it's not weird. And it passed it off as friendly admiration of bone structure. Right, right. Of course. Because you dated. Jim chuckled. It sounded like he was gargling knives. (laughs) And then broke up, but remained friends. So that's cool. (laughs) That's cool how you're single. Is there a a purpose to this line of conversation? (laughs) Spock asked. (laughs) Nope, just crazy how these things work out. Like, relationships. Crazy. Crazy. Jim, Jim wondered if using his phaser to stun himself would Why be... Why does it sound to... like you're gargling knives? That's oh, weird. I, 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 Jim wondered if using his phaser to stun himself would mean he had to take another psyche veil. Probably. <laughs> I think I'm gonna go lie down. I feel weird. <laughs> and I don't like that you're calling me out on it. Yeah, leave me go. alone. I'm gonna go be by myself. Back in his room, Jim sat down at the center of the floor and stared at his wall, wondering when on earth he got bad at flirting. <laughs> Not that he was flirting with Spock, no, but never. if he was, it was so far below his usual standards that Jim worried his brain chemistry might have been irreparably altered. He'd been sitting for 20 minutes when he heard the chime of someone requesting entry. 
He knew it was Spock before he opened the door. You left before I had the opportunity to present you with your gift, Spock said, expression unreadable. You got me a present? Spock nodded nodded solemnly and held out a square. It was covered in shiny gold paper and topped with a bow. Ahura's interference was written all over it. The gift itself, though, that was all Spock. There was something delightfully sentimental about the outdated sketchbook and pencils. Jim only remembered telling Spock once that he preferred drawing on real paper. Underneath was a slim physical book, gorgeously bound in material with a leathery texture. What does it say? He asked. It's a collection of Vulcan poetry, Spock said. I believed it might assist you in the study of the language. Aww. Jim, who had been dropping Vulcan words into conversation for the better part of a year because of the way it never failed to make Spock blink a few times in quick succession, <laughs> grinned up at him. This word here says love, he said, pointing to it. Uh, it, is a wow. colle- it is a collection of love poems. <laughs> right, Jim's skin felt warm, though as though the climate of Vulcan was emanating from the book over to him. This word says, sorry, I can't get over that. That's so funny. This word is love. This word is love. In case you wanted to drop that into conversation anytime soon. It was, yeah, right. Gay idiots in space. (laughs) Two idiots in love. In space. It was remiss of me, Spock began, to never tell you how it felt when I thought that you were gone. Oh. Oh, Jim said. I was not unaffected. Yeah, I remember you crying. It was weird. Please don't ever do it again. I realized I was in love with you. Jim sucked in a breath and tried to muster up annoyance. Of course, he's just saying it like that. Oh, my God. Because he's just like, whatever. These Uh, are just facts. That's so annoying. (laughs) What an annoying person to be in love with. (laughs) Be like, "Uh, why would I need to tell you? In fact, I realized I loved you today. And so I'm going to tell you today. You're that like, feels but. like a thing that Spock would do. And he'd be like, um, I've been pining over you for literally all 800 games of chess we've played. I just I realized, just realized now, but... <laughs> like, what? But you just decided you loved me today? And <laughs> so you told me today? And he's like, yeah. yeah. Aggravating. I think I loved you the whole time, but I only thought of it today. I only really noticed today. Yeah, like, what? I only took stock, uh, actually, a minute ago. And I'm so logical that I just told you with no consequences. Right. Because I'm Spock. Because it just seemed like the thing to say. Yeah. Why would I lie? Why would I lie? Jim sucked in a breath and tried to muster up annoyance of the friends who had very clearly directed this entire ordeal. (laughs) He found himself, instead, with a racing heart and a very large lump in his throat. I was very unfamiliar with the notion of human love, although I knew my mother must have felt it for my father. I had assumed that I was free from such feeling. Until that day, Spock explained, sounding very logical about it, but Jim could see the intensity behind his eyes. That was why I ended my romantic liaison with Lieutenant O'Hara. That's, Jim said, huh. I think I'm going to sit down. Very logical. <laughs> he Good walked move, o- Yeah, right. He walked over to the bed, legs shaking all the way, and carefully opened the book to the first page. The struggle of translation calming his racing thoughts, and he only had to work out the first line before he felt calm enough to speak. Will you read it to me? In standard? Jim shook his head. No, in Vulcan. I just want to hear it in your voice. Platonically, you know. Mm. <laughs> Read me this love poem platonically. Just read this love poem to me. It's not weird. Not weird. Don't worry about it. And you love me. It's not weird. It's not. (laughs) Those are unrelated facts. Jim moved cautiously into the room, taking the book from Jim's outstretched hand. It was curious to hear poetry from the mouth of a Vulcan. Jim was somehow aware of the deep emotion contained in the words he didn't understand, although Spock injected no drama or theatrics into his performance. He read the poem as a human might read a grocery list, and yet there was something in his voice that made Jim think, with increasing certainty, he loves me. 
The poem was short and melancholy. The words Jim knew knew the sounds of were too long, too wish, and alone. Hmm. By the end of the final line, his pulse felt very near, nearly steady. That was beautiful, he said. Spock handed the book back to him. Jim's thumb knocked into the point of Spock's index finger. There's a Christian tradition I'm betting you've never done, he said, a tiny bit breathless with the prospect of it. Oh, and also um, Vulcan kissing involves hands. So the thumb knocking into the point of Spock's index finger is important. Oh, it's like a... <laughs> they don't kiss with mouths. It's like accidentally... Brushing your dick. <laughs> yeah. Not yes. What I was going to say. No. <laughs> Jim. Say, like, when you accidentally like go in for a cheek kiss and you kiss on the mouth. Like, yeah. I mean, probably more like that. This was like the equivalent like of like. Dicks. Uh, this is like reaching across your partner and like. Yeah. Maybe. How intimate is Vulcan kissing? Like to them. If it's hands touching hands. Uh, I mean, it's like a kiss. Okay. So it'd be like it's if you kiss. It's not like touching dicks. So yes, it's probably more like you go in for a cheek kiss, but like kiss them on the mouth. cheek kiss and it accidentally yes. touch your mouth. Yes, <laughs> it's finger touching. Great. Vulcan finger touching was a ritualistic form of affection among Vulcans involving the index and middle fingers. So it's like you touch. Uh, yes, like that. Like uh, here's the church, here's the steeple, but yes, just with yes, your index yes, and yes, middle yes, finger. Yes, 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 yes. So Jim's thumb knocked into the point of Spock's index finger. Uh, There's a Christmas tradition I've been betting you've never done, he said, a tiny bit breathless with the prospect of it. He got up to rifle through a drawer, holding up the sprig with triumph. It's not the real thing, of course, and I'm hardly catching you under it, but mistletoe. I'm not acquainted with all of your earth customs, Spock said, and Jim knew that he knew what mistletoe was, the little shit. (laughs) The The idea is two people find themselves under one of these. There, Jim cleared his throat. They're supposed to kiss. (laughs) A crazy cur- how i just have one right here a curious tradition but spock was smiling something jim had only seen once or twice the entire time they had known each other it, it was weird. it was gorgeous <laughs> jim held out the mistletoe on one hand and extended two fingers of the other spock stared you are familiar with the vulcan i wasn't just learning the language now that he thought about it uh. though jim had spent longer than perhaps necessary poring over the p-a-d-d which had dis- which di- which discussed Vulcan make- mating customs. Uh-huh. I'm just like this is the equivalent of like a like nine year old boy just like googling two boys kissing. Yes, <laughs> correct. I need to do research. This is not for any weird reasons. No, it was just, just for information. I just do not know how that works. I'm and just so curious. I'm looking it up. It's for science only. It's for science. Spock stepped closer and rested his index and middle fingers against Jim's. It was such a simple gesture for a human, but Jim felt like a rom- like a romance heroine who had been swept into a passionate embrace by a tall, dark stranger. Cute. The tips of his fingers tingled. <gasps> oh, Spock breathed, which was when Jim remembered that Vulcans were touch telepaths. They can read minds. Oh. So he can... Oh, no. <laughs> so he can read, like, yeah. Where's that fake of where, like, once you kiss, you can read each other's minds, but I only mean, when you're kissing? I mean... I mean, it's not a fit because that's just something like Spock does all the time. No, but I mean with like humans. Oh, like, sure. It, like with how like, I don't know, I feel like soulmates have a thing where like, they like you know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. It, only when your mouths are touching each other, you can read each other's minds. I mean, Bella got Edward to read her mind when they were kissing. Yeah. When she finally like figured out how to like open their. That sounds her- like a great soulmate marks right? thing. You'd be like, who the hell's <laughs> thoughts are these? Wait, who am I listening to? What the hell? Right? Like, oh, I guess he does really like me. Or he really doesn't. <laughs> glad, yeah, right? I, glad I figured that out. Yeah. So Vulcans, uh, Jim remembered that Vulcans were touch telepaths. 
Sorry, he said, or tried to say, between, but between the first and second syllable, Spock's mouth was on his, kissing the human way. Ah. Jim dropped the mistletoe so that he could wrap his arms around Spock's neck, shivering when Spock's hands encircled his waist. Your thoughts are loud, Spock murmured when Jim broke away to press kisses along the sharp ridge of Spock's cheekbones. Jim paused. It is not unpleasant. Wow, that's the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me, Jim said. Two breathless- meant some real like deep thoughts because right. he was not thinking them to himself. No, no, no. Just like Spock could like tell like, I bet he, he would really like me to wrap his my arms around his waist. Right, be like, take me like one of your French girls. Good job, good job, good job, Spock. Wow, that's the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me, Jim said. <laughs> Too breathless for sarcasm to infuse the words. Can we just stay here until New Year's? Spock's hands found their way under Jim's shirt, and he shuddered despite their warmth. I would not be averse, Spock admitted, pulling him back into a deep, languorous kiss. In the end, they didn't leave Jim's room until Christmas Day. End. All right. <laughs> so there we have, it. <laughs> was it heaven or outer space? That's That was really fun. By whoopsie-daisy. <laughs> I like how it was accidentally a throwback to your last Christmas fic. Or no. New, no, New Year's. New Year's fic is what it was. Right? Yeah. Good times. <laughs> oh, good times. Yes. Oh, it was really cute. Yeah, just some mutual pining, mm-hmm. some nice holiday celebration. Homoerotic chess. <laughs> you know, like it had you do, everything. Right? And be like, this fic has everything. Homoerotic chess. Uh, multiple holidays. Uh, emoting from the emotive list. Like space idiots. <laughs> space idiots. Ah, I love a space idiot. They're my favorite. <laughs> yeah, I, I do too. Oh, good stuff. Good stuff. Okay. Well, yes, that was a uh, holiday enough. Yes. <laughs> I think to fill our quota. Yes. So what are you going to bring me next week, Grace? So next week I have pulled for our nearest to Christmas week, fake dating and a daiquiri. Ooh. <laughs> Christmas daiquiris. Christmas daiquiri. I love yes. it. I love it. Yes. It's going to be uh, it's going to be a real different thing from this week. <laughs> good so have fun good <laughs> i like getting that i like getting a variety of presents under the tree i like getting blindsided by christmas <laughs> or hanukkah right good yep it'll be a good time come on back in one whole week love it for love some it. holiday cheer perfect and in the meantime, you can, uh, if you like this fic, you can contact us or let us if you have another fic you would like us to read uh, at our email at finepairingspodcast at gmail.com or at finepairingpodcast on uh, Tumblr, Instagram, and TikTok, and on Fine Pairings Pod on Twitter. And if you like us a lot and want to hear us even more, especially on the off season, you can become a patron to our Steam and Cream podcast, which is very similar to this, except you have to pay a little bit of money, and it is only for adults. <laughs> <laughs> and if you find smut to be a little too rich for your blood, <laughs> you can also support us by leaving us a five-star review mm-hmm. on Apple Podcasts. Always nice. We really enjoy those. Uh, and we've gotten some some ones that are really, really fun to read. <laughs> oh, yeah. And if you also, if you leave us a five-star fic review, mm-hmm. uh, you can also, you can either email us, tweet, whatever. Do all the uh, You can then take a screenshot of your review, and then you are entitled to be compensated with one 
500-word fanfic of your choosing that Grace or myself will write. And you can pick who it is. And like, even though we're only a couple of episodes into the season, we start writing those immediately. So yes. the faster you do it, the nicer it is for us. Yes. So that we're not writing like 2,000 words the night before we record. <laughs> and they're all in a collection on Archive of Our Own. And we will see you next week for some daiquiri, fake dating goodness. I'm so excited. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. <laughs>